Greetings friends, Sajjan Sajitto from <clears throat> my Kuti again. I'm now out of quarantine. <laughs> Didn't really make that much difference, but uh, I, uh, I'm out and about a little bit more. Um, everyone is still well in the monastery. We're all well. There's not that many of us. Quite a few people went back to look after their relatives, but we're here and also the remnants of the lay support group who are here in the wintertime who have cast on our desert island and are now uh, it's like an extended retreat for them because uh, they just a bit of cooking, a bit of gardening and, you know. so uh, they're feeling uh, in themselves quite comfortable although, you know, right in Hingsuko, the abbot is doing a lot of has to do a lot of uh, emails and now he's to go to instead of going to meetings they come to him because they, they zoom in on him wherever he is in his coochie <laughs> he gets zoomed in on that's his thing he's subjected to and uh, it's a mixed blessing the, the zooming and skyping and emailing thing as you as you know because it means you you're available any time of day or even night, and uh, it's uh, one of those conundrums about monastic life. I've had a attempt, I did a Zoom the other day, um, didn't work out too well because our, our bandwidth is, is very limited, so it's a rather blotchy thing, but uh, I've got a gifted person here who's a web designer so he's looking into ways and perhaps of doing live streaming from the monastery this period of time which is great because then we can you know do a puja or something and you know invite you along and give a talk and that would be wonderful but here we are all you know in our in our lockdown and how to not get locked down in ourselves in that yeah and to use it perhaps as a chance to pause and and address our our routines, our standards, our, where we're going in our lives, and daily becoming the bower experience of going from this to that to this to that that ongoing flow called bhava, which is considered one of the primary obstacles actually. Um, the asava or the outflow tides that pull people are along in their lives with that sense of next, what do we do next, plan for the next thing. I'm about to do this, right, the bell's gone, I've got, got to do, just, just got to do this right now. Oh, what the, it's Thursday, I must do that. And, and that rolling on, so it's actually always in this rolling on mode. Um, and then... <laughs> And of course, it never stops, really. You know, you just roll on from this to that, to this to that, to this to that, to this to that, until you get tired and so on. And uh, these, um, you know, and so now actually, well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, what does it mean anymore? To me, I barely even remember the days because the name of a day doesn't matter. The name is, maybe I know what. A weekend is because that's generally when lots of people come you know the reports of the days and we have a fortnightly recitation of the training rules 
Otherwise, Thursday, Wednesday, what's that mean? It's not, you know, the sun doesn't know about it, trees don't know it. Um, how relevant is it? It's all, why are there seven in a week? Why not five? <laughs> Ten, if you like, but uh, where does mystic number seven come from? Uh, and we get so into that, this recycling on a, on a movement. And uh, perhaps if you are in this rather suspended state, it's just to, how much do you need of that? Could it just be today is today, and rhythm of nature, sun, food, wash up, tidy up, look after this, that, and the other. Uh, and then, okay, we've done our duties. Just pausing. And that moment when we stop, whatever we've become in the morning, whatever our aims and wishes and projects we were doing in the morning, definitely stop. Whoever you feel you've been, you know, busy, successful, responsible person, whatever it was, just drop that. See if you can make breaks in the day. Um, I think it's really a necessary, necessary duty um, to counteract the continuum, which goes faster and faster and is able to extend further and further into future and stretch your mental horizon along. And as we see, what how you know how valid was all that planning and. What we can do in July and June and May and next week. I mean, cuts. Where was that? And then people are still in that going on. And, you know, what do I do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What you're supposed to do is reflect on that and uh, find out where, where you always are underneath that tide awareness. What can be seen and what can be noticed in that? Or are we? Probably most of us, yeah, we immediately sense we we turn to this organizing thing, mind. It's very much that which organizes what we will become. And as you know, these are developed now you have these things which kind of do it for you, except they don't really. They they give you um, things you've got to do by when and enable you to do it. But um, you know their master lives in China or South in Korea or in California. <laughs> they they're not. You're not really this master. It's it's your ma it's your master. <laughs> it tells you what you have to do and uh, how you need to update it and get a new model and so forth. <laughs> so, you know, you're kind of pulled along by this thing with its bleeps and tweets and bells and buzzes and emails and phone calls and to-do lists, you know. And there it is and it kind of rattles around, gets very busy, you know. And now I think we, most of us have one of these things, which, 
you know, I mean, to me a phone was always one of those things you put your finger in a dial. You know, this isn't really a phone, it's a phone but it does all kinds of other stuff, you know. It's all, you know. But of course, as a, as a monk, you know, nicely like forest, particularly forest tradition, you, you try to also remember earthiness and uh, body and just simple material elements like, you know, so in some ways, you know, we're like this, this is part of my life too. <laughs> yeah. My sock, <laughs> which is great when you're in the cooting, it's cold, if you put your foot in there. And I've had this, this and its brother for about 30 years. Um, one of our uh, layperson knitted them for me. Yeah. And she doesn't even have a computer, so old school knitted these these socks and I've had them for about 30 years you know so clearly they've had a few updates <laughs> but they don't demand it you know it will still keep functioning and, and you know do the basic thing and then when you get round to it you can put another patch on it and I like it because it's so it's so unbecoming you know it doesn't progress it, don't, it doesn't develop it doesn't rush you forward it, it just does what it always did. <laughs> There's no development, no progress in that. And you think, yeah, where did that idea come from? Progress. Progress to what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How real are these these inner urges? Uh, and you know, this is rather like the body. You know? you know, like, like this body, it <laughs> a bit like this. You know, few, few holes in here and there and a bit of uh, repairs have happened on it it's nice and it's just that uh, it's uh, it's not going to go faster and it's not going to uh, you know be updated it's just going to go until it wears out and that's there's a nice realism about that uh, and so you know because when we in our lives, we're often there's kind of things in, you know, this mind thing is sitting inside the body and you get so excited and got to do this and do that and you know, it gets really so agitated and so need of that and then buzzers start going and it jangles around and we next and tomorrow I'm going to do this, 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 this. Oh, but I'll do this first of all and then I'll get back to that and then the body's just still sitting there underneath it all. And at the end of the day, kashlomp, <laughs> crash out. <laughs> and you wake up in the morning, oh, oh it's 10 o'clock, it's 7 o'clock, it's because it is, you know, what about this? Yeah. <laughs> and how often does our, our thinking mind sort of zoom off? Yeah. And you notice if you, if you can cultivate just getting that to sit a little bit deeper in your body. As it settles down, you've got something else comes up, which is a big listening quality. All quality comes up. Listen, listen to this, listen to that, listen to everything. Takes it in. That's always uh, you know, quite wonderful, deep listening. Mm -hmm. And it happens when you get, you know, this th thinking, planning, becoming, 
just to settle into immediacy. Now we're here. Which, it's always true. It's always true. And it's always tricky, difficult. You know, because this thing, this thing, creates so many interesting, fascinating, uh, important, horrifying, beautiful phenomena. You know? Your internet. You know? So taking time to switch. into embodiment. Now this is certainly what meditation is about, but um, I think one of the things to talk about, mention, is that monastic life, one of the features of it, is a lot of ritual. I don't just mean which was puja, but um, you know, things that are done were called they called um, the vata, pichavata, the duties. There's the duties to the uh, refectory to clean it this particular way, uh, to the, to the um, toilets, to the uh, paths, sweeping the paths a particular way, and uh, mats set up in a particular way. Uh, and generally we have the meal together in a particular way, line up and we do chanting, we do express appreciation. And all this is this is kind of daily ritual that helps to you know mark the flow of time with points, bookmarks if you like, and I and they're embodied. You don't plan sweeping, you just get a broom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's no development in putting sitting mats out, it's the same. Um, the duties to the kuti are the same. Cleaning this, cleaning that, the robes, same. That repeated, and it's embodied. You know, you don't chant just as an idea, you chant with your body, and do puja with your body. So everything is in holding these three bases together: the listening heart, the embodied embodiment, and the thinking mind, definitely holding the thinking mind on a pretty strong tether to keep it from running out. And so this is classic. Uh, I think these are the things that this quality of ritual is something that um, is still present in people's ordinary lives. It's generally birthday, Christmas, New Year, something like that. But it gets it gets um, worn down through the uh, endless work. Where what's happened is that the the time, the day time, the experience of time, has been 
squeezed to maximize efficiency, productivity. Uh, and so that means essentially to have as, as few breaks as possible to maximize what you can get out of a human system. What productions, what things you can get out of a human system. You, you squeeze it. Uh, to, to, and so ideally you want to cut down on these slack periods. You want people to move at a certain pace. And now when you have and pace is generally set by either the machine or the system, which may be run by a computer. So we run in line with that. Uh, this means that uh, you, you just eat when you can and maybe have a cup of coffee with you doing your stuff, um, uh, doing your work, and then very high speed. And then the sense of balance whereby you know, your, bo your embodiment is always there is lost because the thinking mind has run out. So, you know, when you, when you get home, it's very much, I imagine. And then some of the sense of what's the correct ritual that puts you back into natural time. Now ritual can be um, corrupted. You know, blind ritual, meaningless ritual, attachment to ritual is one of the main factors. Attachment to ritual is not the same as ritual, as right ritual. And ritual is used carefully, it helps to break the flood of becoming, the tide of becoming, because it's in this particular way, and it just helps to, to bring you together and you do something purely for its propriety and its proper sense of, of um, almost the performance when we do puja. So it helps to cut through or work through the get it done attitude, the business model, which is always you know pointing forward, going onwards. I think in ritual, come I believe it comes from the old Sanskrit word rutta. Rutta is the same, essentially a synonym for dharma. Synonym for Dharma. So Rutta and Dharma, same thing. Rutta means the order of the universe. Dharma was the order, you know, the, the general nature, the order of reality, the order of, of the proper order, the balance and harmony of, of, of the person, the human, the earth, and the divine. You know. Rutta, ritual, is that which connects the human, the personal, to the, where they are, to each other, and to you know, the value, the transcendent. Yeah. And so there's a sense that it's a linking process, a linking function. And there used to be times when people would have a meal together. I don't know if it still happens. Uh, when you lay a table, and you sit around and the three, two, four, five, you have the meal together. And you don't need to do that to get food in your body, clearly. But 
the ritual of it is that you, have a you might have a particular time you do it, you lay the table and cloths and flowers, whatever, uh, as a, a sense of this is now not just feeding a body, it's a sense when we're gathering together and food is like a sacrament because this is, we re recollect, you know, we can't live on sunlight. We have to eat the produce of the earth. So it gives it a certain um, deeper meaning. And as we eat together, uh, we realize that we could only eat, we can only have this food through the efforts of people who have grown it, cultivated it, um, cooked it, and, and now we're sharing it together. It's the fundamental, it is the fundamental ritual. And it's the, it's the time when you, you invite the guest. Yeah. Because this is the time when the person, the guest, enters your circle through this, this ritual. And maybe this is something to, to establish or re-establish the proper way of eating. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, or if you just have two of those or one of those, whatever it is. Time, place, set it up straight. Because what's the hurry? Yeah, and now particularly. And if there is a hurry, what, what what is the hurry about? Is it just a habit where you eat something while you're watching something else? You know? And even to eat, uh, have that silence before the meal. And certainly monasteries, we have silence through the meal and silence at the end of the meal. So the whole thing is. Frames so that the listening quality can reflect on the use of food, how much is necessary, the value of it, uh, and what to do with the energy and the effort, the the energy that food gives you. So you're really making something purposeful and uh, a thematic quality is, is added to the experience of eating a meal. In my way of living, then uh, the first thing that I will, on waking up, getting up, first thing that I will do is go to my shrine, Buddha, and pay my respects to the Buddha. Uh, and then whatever time there is, generally for me it's quite a lot of time, a good hour, hour and a half or so, to sit, meditate, or sit in presence, recollecting, you know, whatever was if yesterday is now gone, whatever will be tomorrow hasn't risen, whatever's come this afternoon is not here yet, there's just this presently arising experience through which memories, expectations, ideas, notions, moods are flowing, why don't I go to the container of those thoughts and moods and impressions and just be there, embodied, listening. And letting the, the energy and the presence of the body just hold and steady and calm that, or brighten and lift it if it's sort of sluggish. I think this is such an important um, ritual, Dharma practice, 
and I've done it so many years that I don't know how people get through a day without it. Um, <laughs> clearly the majority do get through a day. But it's as if, like before, you know, you, you wash your, you should wash your face or something before you go to work. Or shouldn't you wash your mind and brighten it up? Because this is, the mind is more important than your face. The mind can kill you, can give you deep harm, absolutely. <laughs> or it could be a joy. Uh, and if you want to know, ever know what you need to do, how you can help out in this world, how you can help out with disaster, whatever else you can do, the most important thing that you can do, <laughs> above all others, is train and clean, clean your mind and train your mind. Because if you don't have that, everything else is going to go weird, insensitive, hasty, reckless, forgetful, um, if you don't set that up. So that's a very important ritual. Uh, it has both its, you might say, sacramental quality. We recollect our mortality, we recollect the blessing of having a teacher and Dhamma. But also we just do the realism of, of setting, setting ourselves up for the day. I mean, to, to go through the day of so many random experiences without having a, a mind prepared for it is wrong, wrong view. And of course, if you can sit together. Now, as I was saying the other week, first few years of my practice was in solitude. But there was one thing, I mean, first of all, is the going on the arms round where the lay people would turn up and have that sense of human beings, impersonal and yet relating. And the other thing that was exceptionally helpful was going to this fortnightly ritual of the party walk or the training room recitation. Because uh, uh, and it, at that time, it was, in many respects, it was completely incomprehensible. It didn't have to be comprehended. Uh, one went to a hall. Um, there was all the monks were there, and one monk would sit up in a higher seat. And he'd start reciting this um, Pali uh, recitation. It goes on for between 45 and 55 minutes. And it's pretty fast. The boys are going to all be in the Bobby Dome, Bucky Jump, Pass, and Tom Hawkey, then Tom and some of the Jets at the Puddy Lunches, Ask and the Punch, 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 that the body must be that you can put them on the day, people who pick it on the body, you don't want that kind of speed. And that's some of it, that's the introduction to it. So you go on like that, and you just sit there right, for as long as it went on. And all the monks would be there. And one of the uh, features of it is that everyone has to sit with what they call Hattapasa. Hattapasa means the distance, your forearms distance. So the other monk is. What, you know, just at the edge of your easy reach, or perhaps even closer. So you're all there. I don't know this person. He doesn't know me. Uh, we've never even met, talked anything over. Uh, 
you know, I've been in solitude, he's been out doing whatever duties are necessary in the monastery. There we are, and there's maybe 25, 30 of us sitting there with this recitation going on, which has been going on every two weeks for 2,500 years. In an old Indian language that none of us speak. I mean, in one sense, what a waste of time. We could be talking, we could be working something out, we could be figuring out what we need to do, we could be planning something, we could be getting um, to come to terms with our difficulties with each other, uh, or our joys and exciting anecdotes and how you're getting on, but we don't. So, it's again, it's a sense of the personal is dropped, and yet we're all there subjectively in our in this, and he's in that. And the strange thing is, when you sit there listening to that, this recitation of training rules, the effort is taken for this monk to learn it. And the fact it's been going on for 2,500 is every two weeks. And these are uh, judgments laid down by the Buddha. And here we are in that. Uh, you don't have to understand a word, because that very uh, crucible is already, you know, pretty um, mind-blowing. Where are we? Who are we? Does it matter? Does it matter where we are? Does it matter who we are? Not really. But we are, or something. Something is here, the body is here, the listening is here, and the sharing, the mutuality is here, and we're all resonating with a sense of the thing that binds us together is integrity and surrender, you know, or, or following on from this great being. And you know, for 40, 50 minutes or so, and then at the end of it, we finish it, and then maybe the abbot would say a few remarks, which I couldn't understand, not much, maybe just an encouragement to keep practicing or something. And then a brief, brief chant. But then, at that time, we feel this is this is the assembly. This is the this is the brotherhood. I'm in that. And I didn't have to, you know, uh, be anybody that special in some ways. Uh, there's no competition as to who's the best monk, or who's anything like that. We're not doing anything that's practical in the sense of going to get results out of it. We've, we've stopped all that becoming stuff, becoming better, becoming on top of him, being a this, that, and the other. We've stopped all that, and yet we're, we're held here. 
and we're listening to we're listening to what's happening here but also listening to that sacred message of practice develop integrity awakening is possible develop integrity maintain deep attention awakening is possible don't forget this don't let the time pass don't fritter it away doing endlessly than the other there's a lot can be done in stillness your most perhaps your most important work in some respects is done in stillness if you're wondering what should be doing what should be doing what should be doing, you should be working on that attitude of what should i be doing and saying what are you doing now you're getting agitated yeah you're you're worrying you're you're it's a habit it's that becoming energy that's been established is still whirring away with nothing to feed on so you're trying to fit up the day with something that's what you're doing i don't blame you because that's what we've been plugged into now great chance to unplug that and if you've got people around you three or four people we just sit together you know for 15 minutes and maybe somebody could just read a simple values parameter you know like the 10 parameter you know the precepts or the brahma just recite them together so establishing uh, ritual is a, is a uh, one of the skillful means Mupaya, for our training and practice of course in, in Asian culture puja days everybody goes to the monastery nothing nothing new is happening <laughs> but because it's the Uposa today you know you wear white and you bring flowers and you go to the monastery and you take the precepts and the monk gives the talk about virtue or whatever and it's not supposed to be new or original law it's just because we're not going anywhere we're not becoming you know, we're establishing deepening in presence and this is uh, from there once you deep into presence then this something wonderful can open the mind is balanced in its immediacy and its true strengths and values are become available qualities that we don't really notice when our minds are running on so um, let's stop there for today uh, having a little bit of trouble trying to get our website to accommodate these uh, video shots but uh, I hope this is useful for you and that uh, there's something there that you can um, get some strength and some uh, uh, to focus on. So be well.